All righty. Give you a few seconds to wrap up your conversation here. Okay. So we're talking about foundations today, critical relationships. And remember, we spend almost 94,000 hours in our lifetimes at work, 10.7 years, okay? And, and if our work relationships are struggling, okay, and, and maybe even today you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I, my work relationship is struggling. I, I know because I hear, I, have, I hear stories and people come and ask for prayer and whatnot. And so, uh, man, when our work relationships struggle, it, it can add a lot of stress into our lives, okay? One Swedish study found that that people who experience less stress at work live longer. And you're saying, well, duh, you know. <laughs> you don't need to study that. I could tell you that, okay. And, and so uh, we're, we looked at some things employees could do to do their job well and minimize that conflict. On the other hand, we looked at employers and bosses. And if we're in that role, what can we do to minimize that conflict? The focus is on making the relationship work. Okay, how can we make the relationship work? And so I want to ask the question, and then we'll look at some first steps. What if there's a stalemate? Okay, in every one of these sermons, we said, well, what if there's a stalemate? What if the employees look at the bosses and say, well, I'll start doing this when you start doing that. And the employers say, well, I'll start doing my side when you start doing yours. And they get in that, that, that ooh, banging heads there. Well, who goes first? Can you tell me? Employers. Always the person in authority. That's a pattern that we see in Scripture. Employers, it's always the person in authority's uh, responsibility to take that first step and just get that relationship moving and working positively to model that, that behavior. Keep in mind, employers, when we're leaders or bosses, we have to do the things that employees do. We have to be servant hard and be consistent. We are models and teachers of that. And as we model and teach it, we foster it in, in those who work with us and for us. And so here's some first steps. Now I'm going to take these first steps in the order that they uh, appear in Scripture here. So let's come back to employees first. What can an employee do to uh, get that relationship going and do their job well? It's found up here uh, in verse 6. It, looks, it says... Uh, serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. And uh, skip down, it says, as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Okay? And so the very first thing that, that stuck out to me as a first step was, as employees, we've got to be genuine. Okay? We have to be genuinely servant-hearted. Okay? We can't go in and request feedback from our bosses, but not really care what they say back. Okay, because it would actually be better for us to not request feedback than to request feedback in a hypocritical way. Do you understand what I'm saying? It would be, it's going to be worse for us if we go in and, and we ask those questions just because it's, it's politically right or we want to appear one way, but when actually we're another, we don't really care what our bosses say to us. We've already got our minds made up that, you know, I'm doing a good job or, or I am doing what I need to be doing. Um, and so Paul is saying, listen, you have to be genuine. You have to ser- serve them sincerely. Okay, as you would serve Christ, uh, and then do the will of God with all your heart. And if we can do that, 
I, I think that's our first step to doing our job well. Second, uh, let's look at our employers. What can employers do to kickstart a good relationship with their employees? Well, keep in mind, you've heard me say this several times, employers as leaders, we must never, um, if we ask people to do something, we must be willing to do it as well. We must be willing to model that same attitude, that same action, okay? And so we have to be genuine too. We can't go in to our employees and say, "Um, so how can I serve you better? But we really don't care about the answer. We can't be that way. It would be better for us to not even ask in the first place. But building on that, Paul, look in verse 9. He says, you both have the same master in heaven. In another translation, he says, remember, you both have the same master in heaven. And so that, for me, I would just say, as an employer or as a boss, uh, remember your master in heaven. Remember that uh, he, his love for you and your employees is the same, okay? And I think what Paul's saying is that, you know, have a longer view of life. As, as a, one who has experienced this personally, uh, having an, a place of importance, and then like the next week not being important, I, I, might, I hope I'm not repeating stories, but I went from being a, a, the children's pastor at like the largest Assembly of God church in Ohio to being a street, not a street sweeper, but a, a working in a lumberyard sweeping, like within a matter of weeks. And so you can go from being important to not important, from being a boss to not a boss like that, okay? And so when you, if you ever have to make that, tru- that transition, okay, because life is, uh, life is not always up and to the right, okay? Do you know what I'm saying on a graph? Life is not always up and to the right. It doesn't always get better. I don't find that in Scripture where Jesus promises unending, increasing prosperity. Sometimes our lives take a dip down, and, and we have, find ourselves in an entirely different role. And I think what Nate mentioned, that quote from uh, Martin Luther King Jr., it, it should be built in us. No matter if I'm sweeping a lumberyard or leading a church, or teaching in a class, or leading a store, or overseeing whatever you guys oversee, I'm doing it with all of my heart as unto the Lord. And the people that I serve are just as important as me. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? If that's our attitude, that is going to go a long ways to pleasing God and minimizing the conflict that we experience. So that's a first step. So let's just quickly summarize and then we'll pray. Okay, so today we've looked at both sides of that relationship, employers and employees. Okay, what can they both do to minimize the conflict, please God, and help their organizations and their lives become healthier? We've said that we spend almost 10, 11 years of our lives at work, and when that relationship is dysfunctional, it leads to a lot of stress. Okay, and so we're here as Christians, as representatives, of Christ and Cornerstone Church, we need to just, I pray that you go for it this week, just totally armed with that mentality, no matter what end of that relationship you're on, that you will go forth this week, that I will go forth and just be like, become the absolute best boss or best employee in our relationship. How many of you are going to try with me this week? If you're not, I'm assuming you're already trying already. (laughs) Okay, and if we can do that, we're going to have 
not a bad job. We're going to have awesome jobs in our church or our or schools or wherever we work are going to be amazing places. Um, that reminds me of something that uh, Jerry Seinfeld said one time. I, I like Jerry Seinfeld. He said, uh, you know, all people want is not a bad job. A lot of people just want, they just want not a bad job. And for a job to become a not a bad job, it just has to be a little bit better than that guy's job over there. He says... <laughs> You know, just a little bit better pay, a little bit better benefits, a little bit more time off. Oh, and you look over at that guy. Oh, man, that's a bad job. I'm thankful I, you know. And, and then when does your job become a bad job? When you look at someone else's and you go, dang, I wish I had that job. <laughs> they got more time off. They got more of this, more of that. And so uh, I'm diverging here. I told you a story at the beginning about the time I got fired, okay? And how my dad's voice eerily sounded like the voice of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he, he was speaking into my life. And my Uncle Tom, he was a foreman there, and he called me up and he just, he didn't even say hello. He's a very direct guy. He just said, do you want to work for me or not? That's how he answered the phone. And my dad's over my shoulder and I'm like, I think so. And my dad's like, yes, you do. You do. You want to work for him. I said, yes, I do. I'll be there. What time do you want me there? And he said, listen, if you're going to work for me, there's no more of this. I'm not coming in Saturday stuff. You're going to be there. And so I I had quite an attitude adjustment after that. And you know what? The Lord worked in my life and he enabled me to go back into that place and actually be a witness. I not only worked there that summer, but I worked there the following summer. And the Lord allowed me to see um, he kind of transformed my mind from watching the clock, you know, when I can't wait to get out of here, to becoming one of the best workers on that line. And I even earned the nickname Rev. Can you get that? I just, they started calling me Rev because I would witness to them while I was working on the line for 10, 12 hours a day. Those three to threes get kind of wearisome. But uh, that was a good life lesson. And I, I look back on that time with thankfulness and, and pride and it really motivated me to go to college, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I did six years of college in five years because I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm on my way. So, pray with me this morning, would you please? Stand up with me. Let's pray. <sighs> Father God, we just come before you in Jesus' name. And we bring before you one of the most important relationships in our life, Lord God, our relationships at work. Lord, we just commit it to you right now, especially for those of us who are experiencing conflict at work, whether it's with our employer or with a boss or maybe a fellow employee, maybe it's a colleague. Lord, I just pray right now that you would grant us wisdom, that you would give us understanding and knowledge. Lord, just give us what we need to minimize that conflict and enable us to do our jobs well so that when people find out that we're Christians or find out that we come to Cornerstone Church, that they would look at us and be like, yeah, I could see that. You're awesome. You're an awesome worker or an awesome boss. I'd like to know more about Christ. God, I pray, let that be our testimony. I just thank you for these people today. And I pray a blessing over them as they go a blessing over their work, a blessing over their finances, a blessing over their homes and their marriages, over their children. We just lift your hands this morning. 
I pray a blessing over them right now. Holy Spirit, would your presence just fill their lives. Lord God, would you make the crooked places in their lives straight? Would you go before them this week and just empower them? Lord, whatever uh, obstacles they face, whatever mountains are in their way, I pray in Jesus' name a special blessing over their life that you would move those mountains in Jesus' name. Those obstacles, those especially in their most important relationships, move them in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. Now bless this afternoon, God, and just give us a, a wonderful day of rest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning. Uh, shake a couple hands. Be on your way out. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.